That was a beautiful song. Thank you, Jenny, for that song. When I think of that song, I think of my great uncle, Irvin, who is now home with the Lord. He used to love that song so much. And what he's done for others, he can do for you. And that is the blessing of it. Before we pray and, and ask the Lord's blessing on the message, we just want to mention little baby Sydney, Alan and Brittany's new baby daughter, needs our prayers. They're keeping her another night in the hospital to observe her because last night her breathing wasn't 100% normal what it needed to be. And the doctors are being overly cautious, as Sherry was saying, to make sure that they don't send her home if there's even a shadow of a doubt of anything that might be wrong. And that's so good when you have a doctor like that that cares. Praise God. And so let's, let's pray now and, and ask our, uh, the Lord's blessing on this little one who was just born. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you that you have saved us and given us eternal life. We thank you've written our names in the book of life. And Lord, today we just pray that you will take control of this situation with little baby Sydney. We know how much you care. Lord, you're the great physician. And we pray that you will take care of this little one and make sure, Lord, her breathing is perfectly normal so that they can send her home from the hospital tomorrow. Lord, we rejoice with Alan and Brittany in the birth of their baby. May she be healthy. May she grow up to get saved. And may she give her life to you and serve you all her days. Lord, we know none of us are assured how much time we'll have on this earth left. But help us to use the time that we have to serve you, Lord. Please hide me behind the cross today. May your word go forth in power and the Holy Spirit. And may it touch lives today. And may you be glorified in all these things. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You know how good God is to us. There's a scripture that says in the Word of God in 2 Corinthians, or actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, You have been bought with a price, therefore... Glorify God in your body. And I want to tell you a story today. This is not the message that the Lord gave me, but the Lord has changed the message today. And it's not not easy. I was battling with this, but I think the Lord wants that, us to speak on this. And the subject is going, being a slave and now being a son. And that is the most greatest transformation that any person can have. The Bible says that we are born in sin and conceived in iniquity and all of us are slaves to sin. And if you don't know the Lord here today, you can tell me that, that you're a slave of sin. So many people, how many people try to reform their lives? Every January 1st, we have resolutions. We want to change our life. We want to quit smoking or quit drinking or quit eating so much or we want to do things differently. But guess what? How long does that resolution last? It doesn't make it very far into January, let alone through a whole year, let alone for a permanent change. Only God in his great power can change a person from the inside and make it a permanent change. That's the kind of transforming power that God has. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have a new creature here this morning in March. And I was so excited when I heard the news that she had given her life to Christ. Because no matter what happens with her health, 
no matter what happens the rest of the journey, she's got a place in heaven waiting for her. And the arms of the Savior are going to receive her just like he'll receive all of us when we know him as our Savior. But the thing is, we have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that's the only qualification that we need to have to get into heaven. Not to be religious, not to be a good person, not to do good works, not to give to the American Cancer Society, though it's a great thing to do all those things. But the only way we can get into heaven is through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And by accepting him and having eternal life, he's going to invite us to be in his kingdom. And I'd like to share with you today a story that the Lord put on my heart. And we have to use our sanctified imagination for this story. And the story is this. Imagine we go back to the days of the Roman Empire when they used to have slavery. And imagine there was a man, his name was Demetrius, and he went to the slave market and there he saw a slave. And we'll call his name Paulos. And he saw Paulos there and he looked at him. Paulos was sick. Paulos was crippled and Paulos was blind in one eye. And all the other slave people, owners that were there to buy the slave, nobody wanted to buy Paulus. What good is he going to do? He can't see well. He's blind in one eye. He's crippled. How can he work in the fields? How can he do anything good? He's of no value. And then to th- on top of that, he's sick. And I'd have to spend so much time and money just to, to get him healed. I don't want to buy Paulus. But Demetrius came to, to buy Paulus. And he said, Paulus, I want to pay the highest price for him. Of all the other slaves there, I am going to pay the price for him. And they said to him, Demetrius, what are you going to do with this slave? He's of no value. He's of no use. He can't help you. You have all your sons and you have all these other servants and workers around your home to help you. What good is this man going to do? He's going to be a detriment to you. He's going to end up costing you. You're going to lose money on this transaction. He said, no, I have a plan for him. And so he says, I will buy Paulos at the highest price. Paulos, you are mine. And then he took Paulos home. But guess what? He didn't make him a slave. He said, Paulos, I have bought you with this high price to set you free. I have bought you with a plan to set you free. And you are now a free man. You're no longer a slave. But guess what, Paulus? I have even better news for you than that. I'm going to make you a son at my table here. And you are going to be an heir of of me. So that when anything happens to me, it's going to go to you. Can you imagine if you were that slave, Paulus? Me? I'm sick. I'm crippled. I'm blind. I have nothing to offer you. But you have bought me with a price. You loved me. You brought me in. And now you're telling me you're not going to make me a slave in your field, but you're going to make me a son at your table. That's what he did for Paulus. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for me. He said, I'm going to take you in your slavery. You're you're shackled by sins. There's no way you can save yourself. There's no way you can help yourself. But I'm going to save you. I'm going to take off those chains Take off those bars. I'm going to bring you out and make you my son. 
And that's exactly what God did with us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross so that now we're no longer slaves, but sons. What kind of a transaction is that? And like Paulus, can we say there's anything good in us why God would have loved us and cared for us? There's a song that says, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. And this slave lived the rest of his life at the master's table. It reminds me of the story of, that we read about uh, in the Old Testament about Mephibosheth, who sat at the king's table and ate the king's food daily and became one of his sons. And that's exactly what he's done for us. Through the cross, he's made us sons of God. To be in his kingdom, to be seated at his table. No longer slaves of sin, but slaves of righteousness. What a blessing that is. Can you imagine this morning, once a slave of sin, once powerless to change. You can't change your life. You try it. You can't change it. But now God has come into your life through Jesus Christ and he has changed it. And he has taken away the sickness and he has taken away your being crippled and he has taken away your blindness and he's made you a new person in Christ. And that is what we can rejoice in this morning. Not that we're here, but we're saved. That's the main thing. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're a slave of sin. You're bound. But he wants to let you go free. Remember when the Lord Jesus went and raised up Lazarus from the dead, he called out and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he, he came out and they said, unbind him and set him free. And that's what he does for every sinner. Unbind him. Unbind those chains and, and shackles of sin because now he belongs to me. You know, I like to see if every Christian could have a T-shirt. Maybe, Jim, you could work on this. Jim Hyde is in that. He does it on the side. He does uh, T-shirts and things like that. But maybe, Jim, you could make us a shirt. And you could put on that shirt two things. First, on the, on the front side, bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 20. Then on the back, property of Jesus Christ. Property of Jesus Christ. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. When he buys us with his own blood and purchases us at the slave market of sin, we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to him. And when you love the Lord so much, you'll be like that slave Paulus because I can imagine him going to his master and saying, I can't believe this. Is this a dream? I was down there on the slave market of sin and I didn't think anybody was going to buy me and I was destined to go and work at the, at the hard labor because nobody, if nobody bought me and you bought me, you actually cared for me and you didn't buy me to be a slave. You bought me to be a son. And that's what he did. And that's what he's done for us. It's almost like a dream. It's almost too good to be true. They say in life, if some things are too good to be true, most of the time they're too good to be true. But God has an offer to you that is not too good to be true. Because when you read about things today, free offer, look at the catch to it. Look at the disclaimer to it. There's always a catch to it. But with God, there's no catch whatsoever. The only thing we have to do is accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. And then we become his sons. Then we sit at his table. Then we've been set free from sin and we have eternal life. And that is the greatest thing that anybody 
can experience in their life is to be bought by the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's really where we say that expression, the best is yet to come, because that's when you get saved, like Marge did today, she's got the rest of her life to serve the Lord Jesus, to learn and sit at his feet and grow and tell others about the Lord Jesus. And you can imagine, I can imagine every day this slave Paulus, he couldn't wait to get up in the morning and tell the other servants and the other slaves, I am a now a son. I was a slave. I was there and nobody wanted to buy me. I was worthless. But my master saw something in me. I don't know what it was. And what does he see in us? Is there any reason why he should save us? We're sinners. We're lost. We're, we offer nothing to God. We're of no value to him. In fact, in ourselves, we are a negative transaction to the Lord because we're, we're going to bring, bring him down. But he says, I have plans for you. Son, I've got plans for your life. I saved you and I have plans for your life. Marge, I've got plans for your life. Ron, I've got a plan for your life. And he saved us not to make us slaves to him, but to let us have our freedom. And in our freedom, we will want to serve the Lord. And I can imagine that servant, Paulus, when he got up in the morning, he says, I'm going to serve my master today who actually loves me and cared for me and bought me at the slave market. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He bought us with that price. How high was the price that Jesus paid? Was it in dollars and cents? No. Was it in Roman currency? No. It was bought with blood. With Jesus' own blood. You know, he values you, Rick, so much that he paid his blood for you. Wayne, he loved you enough and cared enough for you to, to give his all for you, to suffer on that cross. And that's exactly what the Savior has done for us. He says, you're worth it. We say, I don't see why, Lord, you would love me. There's a hymn that says, why should he love me so? Why should he love me so, the hymn writer said. And the question, why should my Savior to Calvary go? Why should he love me so? And that's a question that when we get to heaven, we're going to have to think about and meditate for all eternity. Why, Lord, did you love me this much? Why? There was no value in me. Why didn't you pick somebody else better? There's got to be a lot of better people than me, people that are not as bad as I am. And maybe you're here this morning and you've, you've wanted to come to Christ, but you felt your past is, is too bad. You felt like you've, you've wronged the Lord too many times and done too many horrible things. And you say, every time I think about coming to God, I realize how He's so perfect and so holy and I'm so terrible on the inside. A sinner. But guess what? He loves sinners. He loves sinners. He hates the sin, but He loves the sinner. And that's why he picked us, hand picked us. And when we get to heaven, we're going to say, why did you hand pick us, Lord? Because you loved us. That's why. That's the only reason we can't explain it. And he died for us and he paid the price. And now we're set free. The chains are off. Our hearts are free and we have eternal life. And that's the best thing to do. But you... Asked the question like our brother Roger was sharing this morning and he was sitting, standing up there and he said, why don't more people come to the Lord? Why don't they? But there's many different reasons. But the answer is they are slaves and Satan has them bound in slavery to sin. And until they see the light of God's truth and get saved, they're going to continue in slavery. 
Slavery to sin. But praise be to God that He wants to liberate us. He wants to deliver us. You know, sometimes you read a story of a person who has been kidnapped. There was a girl and she was kidnapped and this sexual predator kept her in, the, in this special room in this basement and he kept her there and she was there for so long, years. And then all of a sudden she, while he was asleep, got a hold of the cell phone. We have the technology now. And sent a text message to her mother. And they came and they rescued her and brought her out of that slavery and brought her out of that kidnapping situation. She had been abducted and held by that man for years. Satan has held people by his power for years. Maybe he's held you for years. And you, you recognize it. You understand it. Yes, I'm bound. Today, you don't have to be bound anymore. He wants to set you free. He wants to do it by His grace if we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. Can you imagine if that slave would have said, no, I don't want that. I'd rather be a slave. I'll go back to the slave market and I'll find somebody else who will buy me. Be ludicrous, right? We think that slave is out of his mind. But so many people today that do that. God offers them the free gift of eternal life and they walk away and they say, it's not for me. Not now, not at this time in my life. Maybe when I get older, maybe when I graduate from school or maybe when I get the job or I have be married and have kids, maybe then I'll accept Christ. No, now is the day of salvation. And that's today is the day because how many are assured that if you walk out that door today, you'll have another chance. This may be the last sermon you ever hear, the last message you ever hear. And you don't want to enter into eternity with that on your conscience, knowing that you heard it clear that Jesus Christ died for you. All you have to do is accept him as your savior, that he paid for your sin. And if you do that, you have eternal life. Can you imagine if you die today and you stand before God and he said, you missed the chance. You just missed it. You just missed it. It's like it says in the scripture one time where the Lord was going, it says the Lord, the Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He was passing by. And those who took advantage of that and got saved were saved. But he passed by. He didn't return to that same city ever again. And maybe he's not going to come back. And he's knocking today on your heart. Will you open the door? You know, that's one thing about the, the door of our hearts. It only has a door for us to open on the inside. Not for him to open on the outside. And, and the reason for that is it's a free choice. They say we live in a free country and it's true. But God made us free. He gave us a free will. You can choose it today to accept him as your savior, to open the door of your heart, or you can keep it closed. You can keep it locked. You can keep the drapes closed and the lights off and live in darkness and, and pain and shame and suffering. Or you can open the door to Christ and let him come in. I read a story of uh, which I will bring out from the from the message because this goes with it very well. And it, it was sent to me as an email this week by my friend Greg at work. And, and it's a story about a pumpkin. And I thought that this story was so beautiful because it speaks really of the life of a Christian. It says this. Being a Christian is like being a pumpkin. God lifts you up takes you in and washes all the dirt off you and opens you up, touches you deep inside and scoops out all the yucky stuff, including the seeds of doubt, hate, greed, etc. Then he carves you a new smiling face and puts his light inside you for all the world to see. 
And that's what he's done for us. When we get saved, he takes that ugly pumpkin and he opens it up and carves it. And there's a lot of stuff inside there. All those seeds and all that yucky stuff, as it says, all the vileness, all the sinfulness that we have has to be taken out when he saves us. And then he carves that smiling face. He puts his, the light of his word inside of us. And then when you see a pumpkin with a light inside, you'll always remember that's the light that he wants us to shine before others. And it's a great analogy because that's exactly what he has done for us. We couldn't change. We couldn't save ourselves. We were going to be destined to be that way and go all the way to the grave that way and into eternity that way. But the Lord said, stop. Stop, Dean. Now you have to accept me. I will change your life. I will transform you and make you a new person. Think about how God did that to, with so many people in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Think what he did with Rahab. She was a harlot. A lot of people wrote her off. Who's this woman? She's a harlot. She's no good. She's, she's a sinful woman. But when the spies came into the land of, of Jericho, there and the people, uh, this woman took them in and she protected those spies. And she said, if you, when you come back, please save me and my family. And they said, we will, if you put the scarlet thread in the window. And so she put the scarlet thread in the window like this. See, this is the scarlet thread. And she put the scarlet thread in the window so that when they, Moses and the children of, or Joshua and the people of Israel came back, they looked up and they said, that's Rahab's house. Don't touch a person in that house. Don't kill Rahab. Don't kill her mother or her father or brothers and sisters. And everyone in that house is going to be spared because of the scarlet ribbon. And so, too, when he saves you by his blood, he puts that scarlet ribbon over you. And when he passes over in judgment, he says, that's that's Ron's house. That's that's his house. That's my child's house. I'm going to pass over it. And what a blessing it is to know that we're saved. By his blood. No other way. He covers us and he takes our past and he says, forgiven and forgotten. How many people do you ever say, well, I'll forgive you, but I'll I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. That hurt me too deep. I'll never forget. I'll forgive you. Yes, but I'm not going to forget it. You know what God does? He says, I forgive you and I forget it. I choose to forgive it. God has this eraser and he erases all our sins. He says, your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. You got a bad past. We all have a bad past. We're all sinners. Some outwardly more than others. Yes, all of us guilty before a perfect, holy God. And he says, I am going to forgive you and save you. And all you have to do is come. All you have to do is come. Like when Billy Graham calls the people from the top of the balconies up there and he says, come. And they come down and they get saved. And that's what he wants to do this morning. If there's anybody here, he wants you to come up. He wants you to come down and he wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and as your savior and be saved today. Because tomorrow there may not be this opportunity. You're a slave. All of us are slaves to sin. And we can't break the chains. Only Christ can break the chains, set us free and make us sons. I love that. From a slave to a son. There's not a better story than that. And when he redeems you with his blood, it's paid for. Paid for. Somebody could come later on and say, bring up something against us. Like Satan, he loves to do it. He loves to bring up our sins. Well, look at what Dean did today. Look what he said. Look how he acted. 
the Lord says, Satan, just flee because I paid the price for him. That sin has already been forgiven. It's already been forgotten. It's under the blood. And as Christians, we can rejoice in that today because we're going to fail. We're going to have hard times in our lives. We're going to blow it. But he says, forgiven. He says, you've been forgiven. And all we have to do is trust in the Savior. Shall we just bow in a word of prayer? And I'm going to ask today, if you want to give your life to Christ, you've tried so many times before, you've, been, you've realized that you're a slave of sin, but you want to be bought with a price today and be forgiven. And all you have to do is accept Jesus as your Savior. We're going to close our eyes, all of us, and raise up your hand. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior today, you want to become a son instead of a slave. Just raise up your hand and we'll pray for you and you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. We're going to ask you, if you want to, talk to Adel or Sylvia afterwards. You can come up here, talk to any of us, but it's an important decision because you have to make it. God has made the way possible. No one ever cared for us like you, Lord. Shall we just give a person a Final chance, and you don't have to raise your hand if you want to, but it's a good thing to do to show God you're serious and you want to accept Him as your Savior. You want to come to Him right now and believe in Him and say, I want to become a son of God and know that I'm going to heaven through what He's done on the cross. Anybody can just do that after the meeting. Shall we close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank You that we have been bought with a price. And we have a great responsibility now as Christians, Lord, to go out into this world and tell others about you. And we thank you that once we were slaves, now we're sons. And Lord, you've given us an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled, which fades not away and is reserved in heaven for us. How can we believe it, Lord? The story is too amazing to even believe. Not even a Hollywood screenwriter could develop such a a story as this that God would come down and personally die for sinners on a cross so that they could become sons and could go to heaven and be in His kingdom forever. It's too amazing to even believe sometimes, but we thank You that Your love is amazing. Your grace is stupendous, Lord. And we pray for anyone here that doesn't know You as their personal Lord and Savior, that today, Lord, will be the day of their salvation. The chains will come off today. Their hearts will be free. There will be new people. You'll change them from the inside out. Just like that pumpkin, Lord, you're going to carve out all the things that need to be taken out. And we're going to make us a new new person, Lord. We just thank you and praise you now. We commit our day to you and pray that we will celebrate and rejoice in the great salvation that we have. In Jesus' name, amen.